Hi, and welcome again to Daily in the Word. I am Rich Chassie, your host and teacher. We will be in John chapter 3 today. We're going to be looking at verses 22 through 36, finishing up chapter 3. And I hope that you will get your Bible out and you will open it up, or you will use your phone and look up the Bible app and go to John chapter 3, verse 22, and join me in reading from today's passage. It will certainly help you not just to hear the word being read, but to read along with if it's possible for you to do that. So John chapter 3, verse 22. After this, the this being his conversation with Nicodemus, after this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing at Ainon near Salem because there was plenty of water and people were coming and being baptized. This was before John was put in prison. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. To this John replied, A person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine, and it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God gives the Spirit without limit. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. Here in the text, we find what is John the Baptist's last time on the scene, at least in John's Gospel. And it's a foreboding message that's found in verse 24. This was before John was put in prison, which is a reference to the other three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke who also speak of John's imprisonment and when he was put to death. And so it seems as if John the Baptist here and Jesus had two ministries that were overlapping each other, at least for a few months. And early on in Jesus' ministry, it seemed to mirror some of of John the Baptist's ministry as well. Jesus and his disciples, verse 22, went out into the Judean countryside, where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now, this baptism that Jesus was participating in was the same, basically, as John the Baptist. It was a baptism of repentance, a baptism of preparation for the coming of Messiah. It certainly was not the baptism that we practice today in the New Testament church. In that baptism, we are looking back 
to our own salvation, and we are remembering Christ's death, burial, and resurrection in that process, picturing that in our own salvation and how the Holy Spirit has made us a part of the church, the body of Christ. So Jesus now is taking his disciples and preaching this same sort of message. John is doing the same thing, but in the process, John, who was wildly popular before Jesus showed up on the scene, there are instances where it said the whole Judean countryside and all of Jerusalem came out to hear John preach and many to be baptized. And now he's losing that. He's losing that influence. He's losing that popularity, which was a part of his calling. He was sent to simply prepare the way for the Messiah. And now that the Messiah has shown up on the scene, he has pointed him out, and his own ministry was beginning to fade away. Some of his own disciples were struggling with that. And you can see that beginning in verse 25, this argument that develops between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew. And we have no idea who that was, but they were arguing over the matter of ceremonial washing. Was it like the Essenes had been promoting or the Pharisees or their own baptism ceremonial washing? And so they came to John and and they said to him, Rabbi, this, this man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he's baptizing and everyone's going to him. And you can kind of sense the tone of the question. It's not even really a question, the statement, look, hey, everyone's going to to this new guy, to Jesus. And to this, John replies, a person can receive only what is given them from heaven. In the sovereignty of God, God had chosen John for a certain ministry, and he understood that. He understood that he was to point the way to someone else. And you yourselves, John said, can testify that I said I'm not the Messiah, but I am sent ahead of the one who was to come. And then he brings out this illustration of the bride and bridegroom and the friend. We might call him the best man of the of the bridegroom, who waits on and listens for the, the groom, and the bride doesn't belong to the attendant. He belongs to the groom, and the attendant, the friend who attends the, to the groom, is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine, John said, and is now complete. In other words, I'm, I'm not the groom at this wedding. I, I am simply the groom's attendant, and my job is complete now that the groom is on the scene. I have heard the voice of the bridegroom. I gladly turn the bride over to him. He must become greater, John said in verse 30. He must become greater. I must become less. And what a statement of understanding the role that God had given him, understanding the humility that he displayed in recognizing who Jesus is. And then beginning in verse 31, we have what I believe is John the Gospel writer's commentary on what's been going on. In my version of the NIV, the latest edition of the NIV, the quotation marks end at verse 30, and beginning in verse 31, 
it seems as if John is now, John the gospel writer, is now giving a summary statement. Some of the things that he's talking about, the relationship between father and son, are not necessarily themes that John the Baptist speaks to, but John is kind of summarizing the the message of the, the gospel that was given to Nicodemus by Jesus. And now John's response, the last time we now see John the Baptist in the gospel of John. And so in verse 31, we have this kind of commentary. The one who comes from above is above all. And that's a reference, of course, to Jesus. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. This is John the Baptist or any earthly teacher who can only speak from his own perspective, but the one who comes from heaven, the one who comes from above, is preeminent. He is above all others and stands out from among all others. The one who comes from heaven is above all, he said. Verse 32, he testifies to what he has seen and heard. His testimony is that of his relationship, the intimacy between the Father and the Son. He comes from heaven, from what he has seen, but yet no one accepts his testimony. The general truth of it is that the world has rejected the testimony of who Jesus is. Verse 33, whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. Those who have accepted the message of the gospel now testify that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. And this phrase, the one whom God has sent now, is a familiar phrase in John's gospel. He refers to it 39 different times throughout the gospel. It's emphasizing the point that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is God, for God gives the Spirit without limit. Verse 35, the Father loves the Son There's that intimacy and has placed everything in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. And I love that phrase. And the Apostle John here makes it very clear, puts it in the present tense. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. It's not will have eternal life, not might have, but has. It's present tense and it's certain. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath or God's condemnation remains on them. And so we saw, as we saw in yesterday's Daily in the Word presentation, we saw how Jesus sharpened that discussion of, yes, he came to bring the message of God's love and forgiveness and grace, but his coming also provided the idea that those who reject Jesus, that God's condemnation or God's wrath remains on them. And again, this testimony that we have now of who Jesus is, he is the Son of God, and the Apostle John just confirms this over and over and over again throughout his gospel, and we'll continue to see it as we make our way through. So today, Lord, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for the testimony of John the Baptist. May we have that mindset of our own lives, our own selves becoming lesser, and you, the Lord Jesus, becoming greater, 
that people, when they see our lives, when they hear our words, that they would hear and see the testimony of Jesus Christ coming through our lives. I pray, Lord, that more people would respond to our own walk with you, that they would come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And Lord, we thank you that we have this certain word of truth, this testimony of John's gospel that, again, gives witness to the truth that Jesus is our Messiah and our Savior. We thank you that you are that certainty. Lord, that you have given us this rock-solid confidence that we belong to you because of what Jesus has done and because of what your word has promised, that we now have eternal life simply because we have placed our faith in you. We have it, and we have it now. It's not something that we have to wait for that we get when we die. We have it now because our faith is in you. We belong to you today, and we thank you for that. And Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we ask you to continue to guide us in our study of the Gospel of John, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you again for listening to Daily in the Word, and let me ask a favor of you, if I could. If you would go onto the podcast platform on which you are listening to Daily in the Word and leave a review or leave a rating, I'd encourage you to leave a five-star rating that places us higher in the algorithms, if you will, so that people more easily find us. If you're listening on Facebook, leave a review there. If you're listening on our website, I would encourage you to go back over to our Facebook page and leave a review there and just let everyone know that you're getting something from it. And if you have any questions, if you have any concerns about anything that you're hearing, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is dailyintheword at yahoo.com. Again, our website is dailyintheword.info. And if you search for us on Facebook, just search for Daily in the Word with Rich Chassie. So again, thank you. And thank you for recommending to your friends and family. And we'll see you again next time here on Daily in the Word. Daily in the Word.